Hello, welcome to another episode of Ray's Music Reviews, where we talk about music. Um, today we are <laughs> today we are doing this was uh, today we are doing the Smiths. The Queen is dead. This 1986. was nineteen eighty six. Nineteen eighty six. This came out in in a certain uh, era of uh, you know like the cure. Political statement. What you had going on. the college rock movement what you were talking about is you have like rem u2 the cure red hot chili peppers camper and beethoven smithereens replacements Ten Thousand maniacs violent films these are really huge like names in that time period and it's not it's the it's the genesis of alt rock which grunge comes along and pushes that into mainstream right and you have your rems and your u2s break out but rem and the smiths who are what 1982 or so when they get started are two of the bands that really kind of solidify this as a force to be reckoned with, along with like a U2 who breaks through to mainstream fairly quickly. So what do we think of the album? So, um, I, I will start off by saying this, that I did like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will start off by saying this. Ooh, I left out. I, I, New Order and Depeche Mode. Uh, yeah, did those, you leave out New those Order? Are like the band. Those yeah, are <laughs> right. Like, uh, but I will say, um, any praise that I do give towards specifically Morrissey's lyricism or his vocals or just anything that I give this album in general is not any praise towards him as a person. <laughs> he sucks. He's like He's, Morris, Morrissey is. is he is the known. J.K. Rowling of music. Like this dude, <laughs> he is. He, he did something a long time ago, and people still really like it. But he just kind of sucks. Like and like also like he he's kind of a joke now. Like like no one no one. There are like five people who still like Morrissey, and all of them played Devil's Advocate in history class. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> I think th I think that's a good way to put it. Right. No, like I I feel like. He's managed to say something that, like, he's managed to say at least one thing that everyone disagrees with. He's, it's so great. everyone just, he, he just sucks, you know? It, I mean? He's, he's just like, I put him in like a group of people that just, whenever they open their mouth, it's just something dumb comes out. Even, even the members of this band don't like Morrissey anymore. You'll see an episode that Johnny Marr did with Pitchfork, where, where they ask him how he feels about Morrissey, and he was like... Bandmate, politics, and then it cuts. <laughs> what else is there to say? I, um, Johnny Marr. Johnny Marr, who is the guitarist of mm -hmm. this. Um, honestly, I really like his guitar work on a lot of this, uh, specifically that of Cemetery Gates. Um, I I do say with this album in particularly I do like the second half a little more than the first I I the first song is probably the weakest on the album for me it, it just may it might click with me someday but it, it's just like I, I feel like the rest of the album is so much better than it it just kind of meanders around the yeah, album or the song the song the album but in addition the song <laughs> Specific, uh, the, to the, me, the Queen is Dead feels 
it, it doesn't really have like a hook. Well, it also, how do I put it? A lot of what he does feels like there's just even you know they talk about this poet who is uh, uses sarcasm and um, de depressing topics to just that creates these feelings inside of you, and to me it and th this is was true back then. He feels disingenuous. I think that that's that's going to be my major talking point for a lot of the the reasons why I didn't really like this album was the it, it just feels disingenuous. Like when he talks sarcastically, it, it doesn't feel like oh he's poking fun. It feels like oh he's just he's just a jackass. He just yeah he's he's just being. And I felt like that back then. There was no like, purpose to to the satire. There was no there was no purpose to the sarcasm. It just felt like he was he was mad and bitter about something. Yeah. So he decided to be like oh. And during that time period, you. You had like I, you know, I was in college, two years after this comes out. You know what I mean, and then I knew people, and even in high school or whatever, you, you know, the Smiths were mentioned in with a tone of reverence, and I always thought, like all those bands I mentioned, whether it's the Meat Puppets or Sonic Youth or Jesus in a Mary Chain, I find all of them infinitely more interesting than I do him because to me it's almost like he's just trying to make things more complicated. That's why I in really order to sound, I want you to feel like I'm deep. You, you know what I mean? It, there's I, a difference between being like deep that. and wanting you to feel like I'm deep. I feel like part part of that is you you get these attempts that feel disingenuous due to songs like Frankly, Mr. Shankly, which yeah. goes nowhere and is just him complaining. Right. And you just go, why is this a song on the album at all? Right. This is just you complaining about your record producer. <laughs> There's not, there's but, not like but, a, a, but it's done a lot by people in rec in yeah, I don't, I don't music know why, history throughout time. But. Why this one specifically peeves me off in, in comparison to a uh, what was the the Queen one that was just the meanest thing I've ever heard. The, it was the opener, the Death on Two Legs. Death on Two Legs, which is the meanest song I've ever heard. Because <laughs> he doesn't do mean. He does passive aggressive, obnoxious. Yeah, I think I think that's that's but rubbed me the wrong way about Man, that. Man, I really thought I was going to go through this without being a jerk, but I think it's it's hard for me. Sorry. <laughs> I, and I will speak to some positives because I do feel like when, when this album leans more towards the genuine side of expressing emotions, I think it's good. I, I do think that There Is A Light That Never Goes Out is pretty daggone good. I just, for, for every song like that, there's just Big Mouth Strikes Again, which just it makes me roll my eyes because of of the way morrissey <laughs> again it, it's hard for me to separate morrissey from the person writing the lyrics and singing right. because it that that you, is him <laughs> you have the difficulty of of hindsight being yeah. what it is I, I never listened to any of the smiths before like morrissey i just knew by reputation mm -hmm. of being a guy who sucks <laughs> but like a lot of bands you listen to a lot right are are um, they're somber in ways. You know, you listen to Michael Stipe and what he does with REM, and it's he's addressing these world issues or these inner turmoil issues, but it feels like it's coming from where it should be coming from, right? There's a genuineness to how he feels. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't, and I don't feel that here as much. I will say, I do like some of this yeah, as I badly I as I am with yeah. it now, and I. I did like, like you said, I know it's over, 
is is an interesting yeah, I, I like delve the, into. The I'm, I'm willing know. to hang in. I want, kind of want to hang. I know it's done, but wouldn't mind hanging in. Hang Though she on. needs you more than she loves you. It's stuff like that. I, I, again, I, I like that line. I like the overall, the things he talks about during that song do feel like it comes from a place of like sadness and you know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. It feels way more, more genuine than, and then you get <laughs> just frankly, Mr. Shankly kills me. What, what do you think, Ray? Um, specifically there is light that never goes out. Yeah. I, I feel like, cause the way that song, that song just talks about like the fact that he, he just not knowing where to go, just wanting to go outside where there's people and there's music and there's just life. It, hit, just it not, hits a little bit different through the pandemic. I will yeah, say it, that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and just it, it's specifically uh, how he words a lot of "There Is a Light That Never Goes Out," like like when he says, "Oh, a strange fear gripped me, and I just couldn't ask." It's just kind of mysterious, kind of mysterious, but in a way that I feel like really works. It's mm-hmm. understandable, even if you. Specifically, uh, Cemetery Gates, too, I really liked. I liked it, too. Um, Again, I liked The Boy with the Thorn in the Side, Vicar in a Tutu. Some Girls Are Bigger Than Others is dumb as heck, but I still really like it. It's it's so dumb. (laughs) It feels like a hidden track. (laughs) It's just, it's it's so immature. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know what the point of it is. It is just... It is my thing. It's like, why is this on the album? <laughs> I feel like if you just put it anywhere, like, tell tell me this: what did, if you could uh, if you eliminated the vocals? And I'm not. I think the like, music is generally good. I I think the band is very good. Yeah, absolutely. and I think his sound, like, I I feel like his sound yeah. fits the band perfectly. To me, what, and you, if you listen to this pod, you know that to me, what a guy is saying matters a great deal. And I'm not saying that. How do I put it? it? I get. If I feel like you're lying to me, it's hard for me to be invested in what you're telling me. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I do. I kind of wanted to, to say that uh, there's a lot of. Like, without context of this album, when the album came out, obviously there were everything was different right Mm -hmm. the context of that situation making fun of that being sarcastic about it it hits different if you are aware and and all that but as of now it just feels very empty right (laughs) in a lot of ways where right it's it's just like i don't really get why he was so passionate about something that well and that's the trouble not not even passionate he just feels like he's just doing it right but that's also a little bit of the trouble with viewing art that represented kind of a generation yeah. that was 86, 87, 88 compared to now. You know what I mean? It is trouble. trouble. This album isn't necessarily angry as much as it is just tired with everything. Mm. <laughs> and um, going back to something you said, Jared, which was um, when you compared, frankly, Mr. Shankly to Death on Two Legs, what I feel about that is Death Death on Two Legs is kind of like what you're imagining the argument is. Like, you're, you're kind of... It's like a power fantasy. 
right? You're, you're imagining that you're, you're like, it's like when you're in when you're in the shower and you're kind of like imagining an entire argument and you're like finishing an argument you started like two weeks ago and you're just imagining yourself like, ah, I'm getting him, I'm getting him and I'm, no, suicide, you should. And frankly, Mr. Shankly is like what actually happens, which <laughs> it's, it's a lot more real and especially with this album, it, it's more depression and like a literal sense like it's very tired and, and I I have it I had not thought about it in that way as sarcasm is and uh, passive aggressive is a way people deal with angst and, and disappointment without in a way of avoiding a confrontation yeah. and he kind of writes in that manner and I hadn't contemplated it like that yeah and, and one thing that I especially thought was interesting was at the end right some girls are bigger than others mm-hmm. um, I went on to like okay I went on genius for this it sparked something in my mind that I had never thought of think about everything that Morrissey talks about before that song right think about like how just not fun life is and that song to me is just, it's kind of like Morrissey screaming out, oh my God, there's so much worse happening. Can y'all just stop talking about girls for one second? Oh, okay. Like, right. Which I, which I, I do. thought about that. Which I do kind of feel the older I get. Correct. And, he's, <laughs> and one thing about, there's a, one of the reasons for the allegiance to Morrissey that you, you find in people is he did stand up for... Uh, Androgynous. Like he was... Especially, like, he, he is actually bisexual, right? Like, <laughs> right. Well, for a while there, he said he was, he didn't like anything. But, yes, yeah. I get what you're saying. And, and uh, y- you'll get that because their biggest hit is This Charming Man. And he was standing up for this community a, a, a long time before even, you know, anybody, really. Yeah. He, he was out there standing up for this community on his own. You know, of course, Bowie, John, guys like that. Yeah. But you know what I mean? He was standing yeah. up. In, in spouting out, which is what has, when there have been these issues with statements he's made about immigration and that snowballed into statements about race and things like that, that is why there's still this group of people that still uh, align themselves with him and say the immigration thing is, you know, I, they're defending something that's hard. It's a political stance that can turn into a racial stance, but I get where they're coming from because he's been standing up for the rights of the lesser, of the people that didn't have somebody, the voice yeah. of voiceless, much longer than most. Yeah. So for them, it's a it's a con- contradiction to have that in their life. Yeah, and um, even though I do, I, again, very much do not like Morrissey. I get it. And like... <laughs> I get it. I think he is a very gross human being. But you also understand why people will go to yes. that for him. You know? Yes, because he defended a group of people that, especially like in the 80s, right. like, and I don't know what British politics were especially in the 80s. Especially when HIV came along and things like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what British politics were in the 80s. I don't I know what British it. politics are now. Right. Like, I but I, I do feel like um, this album does something that I didn't really think to be done at least as well as it does a lot especially because it influences a lot of things that I really like especially like the British acts I like like can, can you tie emo to it too 
I. I know it's I, easy to tie alt rock in. Yes, but. yes. I, I think you. I think you could. I think you could, especially if you're talking like Midwest emo. Yeah. Like like the more the more depressed side of emo. Right. Like I I feel like you you certainly could, and like not like the poppier side of emo that came out like My Chemical Romance and uh, Fallout Boy, but like just like the more underground stuff that you will hear people um, that get like huge online. I feel like you could. It, tie the it the band does manage right. to move. So let's get in back to the of, album. Yeah, styles. Absolutely. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the way that the the songs are composed and put together with mm-hmm. the, the how he how he sings, how they play, all meshes together. Absolutely. It's right. just something gets lost in between the writing and and the song. I think it was. I, I hope we didn't offend somebody out there that's a Smiths. It's fine. I that's fine. I mean, if this if this gets you off, that's great. But I do think it's good that we have done a review now of something that we unanimously did not love. Yeah, because because I, mean, I feel like usually we pick a we pick a record and we're like, yeah, it's the greatest. Or you know, by the time we're Damn. done talking, it was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what what what, what did we do this week? Hmm? What did we do this week? We listen to any music? Uh, yeah. Uh, I I did some listening. Uh, I don't remember. I think I watched it before we recorded last week. Maybe not. But I watched the 1974 film Phantom of the Paradise, uh-huh. which is a Phantom of the Opera loose, loose adaptation. It's got, like, Paul Williams in it. It just rules. Uh, I was listening to the soundtrack of that because it's great. And I did listen to some Rina Sawayama uh, because evidently she's going to be in the new John Wick. What? Yeah, yeah. I, I just got recommended an article that was said that Rina Sawayama was going to be in John Wick 4. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park? No. Is that the Scooby-Doo version? No, this is legit. I don't remember if it was made for TV or whatever, but Kiss there is a movie. Yes. Uh, probably. Do they have superpowers? Of course they have superpowers. <laughs> you know what? If you if you haven't seen Phantom of the Paradise, it is just the, this perfect mix of like seventies camp. It's it's got everything. It, the the aesthetics of it are, are so wild and out there, and just the the chaotic pace that the movie proceeds at. It's just it's all aesthetics and and music and everything. It's very loud, and I loved it. I can't stop thinking about it. I watched it once, and I just keep replaying it in my head. It's it's so whack just so wild it's about this guy who gets his music stolen by the devil question mark and he eventually becomes the phantom it's it's again it's a real loose adaptation of phantom of the opera but it is so chaotic and fun i can't help but just love it awesome if you're into that kind of thing go go out of your way to watch it because it's it's so unique but yeah that was mostly what i listened to ray what'd you do um Weirdly, a lot of the time I just listen. I, I I listen to like video game soundtracks. Which one specifically? Undertale. The Undertale soundtrack is one of the greatest musical achievements of the twenty first century. <laughs> <laughs> I only say that with light sarcasm. Uh, the Undertale soundtrack rules. Uh, I know Megalovania is the one that always gets memed on for for good reason. It's an incredible song, um, but I think Death by Glamour is. I really like Asgore too. Asgore is so good as well. Especially like the sadder ones. 
Because yeah. I did go through a huge Undertale phase. The sadder ones hit very hard. Dude, when when the like acoustic guitar starts playing, that that hits so diff that hits so powerfully. It really does. Just when when that happens, because the rest of the music is is uh, how do I describe the music? Uh, very like eight bit maybe. Yeah, like like old. Again, I wish I had the a better vocabulary for describing stuff like that. So when the the acoustic guitar hits in the main theme, dude, that hits. That hits just thinking about it, man. Uh, also got to give a shout out to uh, Bergen Trucking. I butchered that, but you know yeah. the track I'm talking about. Also, Bird That Carries You Over a Disproportionately Small Gap. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also listened to Janet Jackson, the, the, the Velvet Rope. It's really good, isn't it? Wow. That song with, with Q-Tip... Good lord. Joni Mi- Joni Mitchell. Q-Tip and Joni Mitchell. Sweet What lord. a collection of talent. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good, man. It's good. She uh Janet Janet and Michael both were really good about surrounding themselves with the very best to make sure that what they did was on top. And they were and it worked every time just about, you know. Cuz they it's not like they were coming to the table bringing nothing either. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? What else you listen to? Um, that's uh, mostly it. <laughs> uh, I listen to a little bit of um, 21 Pilots Trench because their last album was getting a lot of hate when I just thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. Trench is really good. <laughs> it, it's like It's like their one album that I like. Full disclosure, we're about to head up to Revolver Records, and they have a record they ordered for you in. What is that? Say, oh, say anything. anything is a real boy. Theater Kid Pop Punk. Theater Kid <laughs> Pop Punk. You're, Jared feel, was bombarded like with so many words he hated. It's, it's the, co- the Ark of the Covenant was open, and I'm like that Nazi guy from... <laughs> that had to have his eyes <laughs> open? Just burned. <laughs> I I melted. I feel like that's what happened. To I me just melted. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> Remember, the worst thing any generation has done is Hamilton. Uh, oh, oh, your Aunt Kelly can't listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh! Shoot. Yeah, we shoot hard on this podcast. Ouch. We shoot hard on theater kids. They deserve it. Wow. <laughs> That's terrible. Before they made a, a movie adaptation of Cats, I may have disagreed with you, but now. <laughs> oh my god. I actually saw a stage production of like a traveling Broadway show came to Pensacola. On like, without CGI. Oh, And weird cockroaches. That's what I'm talking about, where where I think the weirdness of it translates way better if it's it's in a play setting. Oh my god, the athleticism it takes. Yes, the the actual live performance. And then then also be able to to project your voice into a crowd and, and, and portray those emotions so grandly. It's amazing. Weirdly enough, I think that also applies to pro wrestling, and I think that is... Uh, this is completely unrelated to music, but when Cody talks, uh, it might be poorly received online, but in person, people love it. Because there is an aspect of being there and watching it and watching this performance. Dude, I have said all along that pro wrestling is the last form of theater in the round we have. You're right. And it is, you know, theater for the masses, of course. Some of the masses 
whatever. But musical stage performances, you, you go see a concert, it's completely different from what you hear. Even if they reproduce it in like, like there are bands that I, I've seen a lot, you know, like a Queensryche, and like they're, what they wanted to do was reproduce what they're doing exactly. And it's complicated and they are able to do it. It is still a, a completely different experience than listening to something taped or seeing a video. When you are there, you are in the moment and it is everything. Yes, you really feel like that. Yes. Like, dude, I watched Shrek the musical and I felt that way. You know what I mean? Right. There is an aspect Dude, of you can get that there. from watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show if the guys who managed to go to the Midnight Theater dude, with you do it. Dude, I well, went to go see a live performance of Rocky Horror Picture Show where my, my friend was playing uh, Brad. Yes. The wild, okay, the wild, like, this is a complete tangent, but the wildest thing, one of the wildest things I've ever seen, was I was sitting next to his mom and sister, and a, a grown woman in the front row removed his sock with her teeth. <laughs> that was raunchy. It was a raunchy show, but that's that's part of what made it so compelling, was right. that it, I was there in the moment. Correct. Was, the music was so well, you were everywhere. Saying, you, I mentioned Kiss, right? And you were talking about, and we, and we, cut, <laughs> we cut it off, yeah. and you said, you know, they're, they, you know, like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, that's like my mom's vacuum cleaner. They've sucked. <laughs> if there's a reason why Kiss Alive oh, yeah. 1, Kiss Alive 2, Kiss Alive 3 were their breakthrough moments in a way that the other albums, although making them very popular, couldn't get them over because the live show... Oh, yeah. For them, you have this guy in, in, in his boots are this, are this tall and they have like a gargoyle front to him and, yeah. and he looks he like a demon. his tongue out. And his tongue is six feet long and he spits blood and he breathes fire and it's awesome ace is playing his guitar and smoke's coming out of it and paul is running around like a dude it's an amazing like hype man along with the fact that he's the front man playing yes. guitar as well and drum kick goes up and down and it's just they spend so much money everything explodes it, it's incredible what they do but by the same token, it doesn't translate like that on, on record quite <laughs> yeah. like I, I can listen to it, but because I've seen the shows and I grew up on it and that kind of thing. The, I remember my, my friend said to me one time, and of course the Stones are a little different in that they've had so much success with records, but our uh, guy's like, I'm playing a live Stones record in the office and a guy that I respect musically comes and sits down and he, he listens for a minute. He goes, why is it the Stones are so much better live than vinyl or than recordings? And even though it was a recording, but the live and I'm like, dude, there's, they're like they they are literally the pool and the ocean. You know, kiss the band. It, there's a huge difference when you watch anything, or listen to anything recorded, and when you're in the moment with it, it is completely different. And even listening to a recording of Mick live, you can feel how he takes that energy and shoots it back at him. He absorbs 100,000 people in a way that maybe nobody's ever done before. And then emits it back out. Yeah, it's incredible. It's a, dude, I saw a picture of Mick yesterday walking around like a park in New York. Guy hasn't gained a pound in his life. It's incredible what he's been able to do. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, what's next? Um, Next? I don't know. Wait. I didn't tell you what I listened to this week. Yeah, yeah. Jay Cole, baby, dropped some new yeah, heat. I listened to that too. I liked it. You, you and FTR are super excited for it. Is that it? Yeah. Great. 
Great. I, I liked it. I liked it. I also did the pop that the for whatever reason my Spotify threw the pop run on my drive to get Ray breakfast this morning. And so I, I clicked on it and listened to uh Beebs Peaches. Listened to a song by Nelly, did not know he was still on the charts ever. Interesting enough. Also, uh, after the my man Bruno was still there with my man Anderson. Oh, Pop. after after I listened to the Smiths album, uh, the stuff that came on afterwards was like Neutral Milk Hotel, Holland, nineteen forty five. I love that song. That song. There was an acoustic version of that song that I can't find. I don't know if it was actually by the band or if I just like when I was I just downloaded like the wrong song off this sketchy website I was downloading stuff off. Yeah, but I there found, was an acoustic version that was just fire. I can't find it though. I found the music that my my Spotify, you know, Spotify will take the album you listen to and combine it with what you normally listen to. Yeah. And there's some algorithm there that kicks out songs post the album that you should like. And all those bands it threw at me was whether it was the the list I listed earlier of Sonic Youth and Jesus Mary Chain and all that uh, pulp. Those bands infinitely better than the album that I had played before it. <laughs> Absolutely. That, it was weird too because. His algorithm kept kicking him Morrissey solo stuff. No, no, I I got one I got one Morrissey <laughs> on solo Spotify. song. I got one Morrissey solo song. All right, it just stood out like a sore thumb. <laughs> it just his algorithm it, I mean, said a, sorrow. <laughs> I mean, it was it was Sweethead, so it was fine. Okay. Like it wasn't bad. It, it wasn't, wasn't bad one of the Morrissey. bad Morrissey you. song. Right, I got you. <laughs> um, I I, I uh, feel like. I uh, oh I went into a little a, a little uh, neutral milk hotel spree after that. Good deal. Um, specifically, because uh, that's one of my favorite albums of all time. <laughs> right, right. So, um, what is it we're doing next week? We're gonna do Nirvana in utero. In utero. Wow. I now this know. may there may be two weeks between. Yeah, that's true. Because I may be going out of town. I mean, I know I'm going out of town, but we may not be able to record, record. But I'm excited. because are need two weeks. To me, In weeks. Utero is their best. Yeah, so, that's to me too. So I'm excited about this. I don't know if I want to... Also, I don't remember the last time I pulled it up. Also, I don't, I don't necessarily want to spoil my feelings on it. Good. But it's like, <laughs> it's one of it's one of my all-time favorites. Give it a six. Absolutely. I love that Seven? record. On a good day. <laughs> I give it a six. Seven out of ten. Kurt screams too much. And I'll give it a six for both of you, giving it a number of the beast. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Great. So that's a wrap. <laughs> that's a wrap. Yeah, that's a wrap. Um, four. Uh, Green uh, Day Jared. Green Day Jared. <laughs> KP. Uh, and four... The titular ra- for Hamilton Jared. No, you, you can't do this to me. I have not spent the last five years hating on Hamilton at every opportunity for you to say this to me. Shrek the musical Jared, please. Shrek the musical for cats, Jared. Cats. Cowboy Jared. Yes. <laughs> um, signing off uh, for me, the titular Ray. Yes. Go home, Heat Production. Copyright 2021. Check out our friends at the... The G-I-N-N project.com. Nice. Go!